Welcome back to Bench Busted Season 3. I'm Nick, I'm joined by Jack as ever. How are you this sort of week, this fortnight, Jack? How, was your, how are you this fortnight? Yeah, not been not been too bad. Um, yeah, we haven't recorded for a couple of weeks. I mean, you were busy last week. I actually last week, to be honest, kind of glad we didn't record because I was hit by, well, not COVID, but a really bad cold. I did several tests and they were coming back negative, but I'm... Um, Getting, getting better, I still have a bit of a lingering cough, but I won't dwell on that too much because we're back and yeah, we are going to be recording, talking about our FBL teams and uh, yeah, just FBL in general as well, I guess. I don't love the idea that you sort of got some sort of like, oh, a cold illness and you're sort of shuffling up. You've got freshers flu somehow at the, age, <laughs> at the end of your 20s. I mean, I think it might be, to be honest, because where I'm situated at the moment, the university campus where I am is actually basically in the city and there's a bunch of new students there and of course as well I don't want to blame my girlfriend but she does work in a school and obviously schools have just gone back so you know she was ill oh my god you've actually got she it. was ill for a bit before um maybe she gave it to me maybe she didn't I don't know I feel like I was uh, I feel like I'm perpetually ill um so yeah man great well while you've been curled up watching Bake Off there's been a couple of pretty I'm gonna say it Jack the best game weeks of my life I've had the best game week, at least one game week of my life um, over the last two weeks. I won't go on about it too much, but the wildcard team came in huge. All of these punts on players that I wasn't sure about, like Trippier and Almiron. Perfect. It's gone really well for me. And we won't talk about Trent Alexander-Arnold at all. Um, We won't mention him. (laughs) So I've, I don't know, I'll I'll very briefly cover it, but I scored 109 points in game week nine with Almiron and Madison being my like differential picks to complement a, a captain ha- uh, Harland who absolutely popped off and the following week I got actually I did worse than you I got 72 points um compared to your big scores so you know, you've had you've had good week too you've had good time too but my my points have seen me just shoot absolutely shoot up the ranks um and I'm pretty happy with how it's going especially over the last couple of weeks Jack you beat me you actually did beat me having looked at it just now you beat me this week um how have, have the two weeks been for you yeah not not too bad, as you say. I mean, game week nine, obviously, we both wildcarded, I guess, going into game week eight or going into game week seven. And then, obviously, with uh, the Queen's funeral and everything, games got postponed. Um, so it got dragged on for another week, which was good. But I guess, in hindsight, maybe it gave us a bit too much time to tinker with our teams. But, uh, yeah, game week nine, 91 points. Sort of unhappy not to break the 100 barrier. Um, but you know what? I'll take it at the end of the day. I mean... As you say, Haaland, the guy's just on fire, you know. So far, he's not failed to return in a single game week, uh, whether it be a goal or an assist. I mean, he did not score in one game all season, and that was at home against Bournemouth. And as I've said already, you would have bet your house on him scoring in that game. Uh, So I think he was just unlucky not to. Um, But yeah, I mean, 15 goals, three assists in 10 games so far this season. That display against Man United... Three goals, two assists. He just absolutely ran the show. I mean, Foden did pick up a hat-trick as well in that game. But yeah, 23 points from Haaland, 46 points. I mean, if you didn't captain him, then what on earth were you doing? It still baffles me that there are, what, you know, 15% of teams that don't own him. Obviously, I think we can safely assume that 
majority of those teams if not all of those teams are dead teams who just aren't playing the game anymore but yeah in terms of game week 10 I did beat you only by a couple of points 74 points and yeah you know what a smattering of points all over the pitch I mean Cancelo really the the standout performer uh in that game against Southampton not only picking up a clean sheet getting a goal getting an assist being subbed off uh after 60 minutes as well so you know you didn't have to worry about his clean sheet points being uh taken away from you Trippier as well who was another player who did concede a goal but luckily he was substituted before that goal was conceded so he also kept his clean sheet points which was uh fantastic oh no wait that was in the game against Fulham sorry I'm getting confused now he did actually concede a goal but he did pick up an assist and he he just seems to be a bonus point machine so far this season you know he's picking up bonus points Left, right and centre and yeah, he really does look like the pick of the bunch in terms of that sort of mid-price defender. And then yeah, Martinelli picking up a, what, a goal and an assist in their win against Liverpool. Fantastic win, of course. Haaland getting just the one goal, which uh, I guess was maybe a bit disappointing to a lot of people. KDB picking up an assist. He's been Mr. Consistent with the assists over the last, uh, well, three or four game weeks really. I mean, might not be banging in the goals, but he's certainly putting putting goals on a plate for the likes of Haaland. And then, yeah, I did start Mitrovic. I had Andreas Pereira first sub, and of course, Mitrovic wasn't even in the team. Andreas came off the bench, scored me a nice six points as well. And then uh, Dominic Solanke didn't score, got two assists. And you know what? I'll take it. Yeah, I was nervous about you mentioning that name. <laughs> I was surprised to see him getting returns too. Uh, it's a bit sad, really. Oh, mate, me too, me too. It was one of those things where as soon as you see he didn't score the goal, you're just constantly refreshing to try and figure out who actually got the assist. And yeah, lo and behold, he got both of them. And you know what, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, it's about as lucky as my Almiron punt, I think. So all in all... Oh yeah, 100%. I mean, he almost got a hat-trick, did old Almiron. He was so close. But I had big weeks from my players too. There were some pretty good results. I mean, I don't think we should talk about the results so much. Maybe just mention some individual teams and the way that certain things are going. I think the first team that's on everyone's lips and everyone's talking about are Liverpool, who... Didn't seem to get better after their injury crisis uh, or after they had like Thiago back from injury, for example, but have instead sort of seemed worse in every single way. Like all of their players, at least in my opinion, are a step off off the ball and and sort of like a yard too slow. Salah looks a bit done. Um, Thiago looks a bit lazy in defence. VVD, Matip, they're all making kind of like, they're just slower. They're making slower decisions. And it's meant that poor old Trent Alexander-Arnold's got the wrath of it online or in teams this week, including in mine after he got injured, and Diaz got injured too. I think like they're in a bad place, and I think they're all a bit too slow, and it's all going to take a while for them to get up to fitness. So I'm shipping out my Liverpool assets and leaving it completely off the cards, I think, for the foreseeable. What do you think, Jack? Yeah, I mean, they're certainly going through one of their worst runs, I think, certainly over the last uh, couple of years, certainly even since uh, Klopp has, has been in charge. I mean, you're always going to have these transition periods, uh, with teams that are constantly at the top of the table, maybe not in terms of the likes of Man City, who just seem to have you know two starting 11s that they could play at any given time. Um, but I do think that, yeah, Liverpool, as much as their season has been affected by injuries, they should have the strength and depth to be able to cope with that. I mean, they've recruited well, obviously buying Luis Diaz in January uh, last season, and then, of course, picking up Darwin Nunes this season. They have reinforced where they've uh, essentially lost one of their star players in Sadio Mane. And I think that, you know, 
it's taking those types of players a bit more time to adapt. I mean, Firmino has stepped up to the plate um, and is trying to get those goals that will help Liverpool win games. Um, Jota, of course, now back from, from injury as well. So that's certainly going to be a boost. But yeah, they're not... I think that this is why I was not too scared, shall we say, to, to drop them when I did activate my wildcard. Because honestly, on the face of it, I just feel like there are a lot more players who are better value and are actually playing in teams that are doing quite well, you know, trippier case in point, really. And I hope for FPL's sake that they can find their footing sooner rather than later. I mean, Liverpool's fixture run really is is phenomenal after, I mean, after they play Man City, it's a fantastic uh, run of fixtures really all the way up until the end of the season on the face of it. When you look at the teams on paper that they have to play, it's just a sea of green on the FPL fixture difficulty rating. So you'd like to hope that they can, you know, find their footing sooner rather than later. And I guess it just goes to show that no player is essential at the moment in FPL and, and no player should ever be deemed as essential. Maybe, okay, Haaland's maybe that exception to the rule this season, certainly. But Salah started off the season at, what, like 50% ownership or, or even higher than that, really. And he's now finding finding himself at, you know, half of that. He's down at 26.1%. And honestly, if he would have told me 10 games into a season, Salah would have two goals and four assists. Yeah, I would definitely not believe you, but it is what it is. And perhaps the, the loss of Mane and the way that he's sort of maybe being pushed further out on the right-hand side is maybe being a bit more detrimental to him. So, yeah. I'd like to think that they can find their footing sooner rather than later, but only time will tell. I mean, yeah, it's certainly uh, interesting to see if they can bounce back from this. I wouldn't say that their season's quite over just yet, but certainly if they don't turn things around and turn things around quick, by the end of game week 11, so by the end of this weekend, going into the midweek fixtures next week, Liverpool could find themselves, if fixtures go against them, they could find themselves as low as 16th in the Premier League table. Man, it's bonkers, isn't it? it is, it's crazy to think that Liverpool are a team who have been fighting for the Premier League title over the last five or six seasons now, find themselves in that position. Yeah, I mean, they have to turn it around and they have to turn it around quick. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, I don't want to say it because I don't think they'll ever get relegated, but they could certainly be looking over their shoulder in a couple of weeks time if, if things don't go their way so from a team in Liverpool who are struggling to turn it around at the moment I guess to a team that I want to talk about who have I think turned it around quite quickly and almost under the radar which is Chelsea who got two wins um, two wins in the league and two good wins in the Champions League as well over the last couple of weeks where they've beaten Crystal Palace Wolves 3-0 um, and then they've scored five goals across two legs against AC Milan who are Doing quite well in Serie A at the moment. It's a shame because Reese James actually dominated one of those games and would have got like an 18-pointer or something in FPL. Alas, not to be. But um, I think Chelsea assets are back on the menu, Jack. I, I don't know what you what you think of Chelsea at the moment. They're very hard to predict which players you want. Uh, Mason Mount could be an option, I think. But there's there's something about them. that They've definitely turned a corner. I think they have, certainly. Um I think Potter is still very much trying to figure out his best starting eleven week in, week out. You can see that based on the fact that, you know, Reese James plays one game in Champions League and then is rested 
Um, and then, of course, he plays the following game in the Champions League uh, yesterday, and then he picks up an injury as well, which is uh, something that we'll get onto later on in the podcast, no doubt. But I think that he's certainly experimenting with the players that he has at his disposal at the moment. I think it's difficult to try and pinpoint who you want to have from an attacking perspective in that team. Yes, Mason Mount has always been that go-to guy, or certainly since his relationship with Lampard and then Lampard being at the club and, and the last couple of seasons as well, he certainly come on leaps and bounds but I don't know I think it's difficult to choose who you want from that team Aubameyang's obviously been on fantastic goal scoring form in the Champions League as well uh, you know Sterling sometimes is being deployed as a sort of left wing back so I don't know if you really want to go to him although he is their highest goal scorer uh, this season so yeah I, I, I think that there are certainly options there but Good luck telling me which player is going to start the majority of the games because honestly, I I don't know. Yeah, well, ain't that right? <laughs> it is a case of I don't know, and you've got to sort of guess or work it out. I've uh, well, I'll tell you how my decision making's gone in that regard a bit later, I guess. I also want to sort of bring up Newcastle because when we got uh, all these, well, when we both tripled up, I think on Newcastle during our wild card, we realised they'd only won one game in well so far the whole season. They've broken that. They didn't actually get clean sheets in either of their games, even though Trippier. Sort of snuck clean sheet in one game and uh, obviously got an attacking return this weekend. They have, however, like bossed those games. Like they've scored a load of goals and against opposition that I thought might be a bit more difficult for them, especially sort of Brentford, who I thought were quite good up until. Well, maybe I overestimated Brentford. I think you overestimate Brentford away from home. Yeah, but like Newcastle are looking good too, in my opinion, and they might make some sort of. Uh, Big push later on this season. Yeah, I think Newcastle are looking fantastic. I mean, obviously, it's a bit of a disappointment because I think a lot of FPL managers were doubling up on the likes of Trippier and Pope uh, when they were activating a wild card. And obviously, you know, Pope, I think, since then hasn't kept a clean sheet. So it's not been great from a defensive standpoint in terms of the clean sheet points. But certainly Trippier has just been a bonus point magnet, as I mentioned earlier. I mean, the likes of Almiron... Finally finding his scoring boots as well is always always a boost. I think St. Maximan is going to be back uh, and raring to go this weekend to face Man United, which will be interesting to see how he comes back into it. I'm not sure how far away Alexander Isaac is from full fitness, but of course they still do have him as well. And I mean, Callum Wilson back from injury. So seemingly getting themselves back to a uh, sort of full-strength squad, as it were. And, and yeah, I mean, I think that the Newcastle assets certainly... Paying dividends, although not keeping clean sheet points, but certainly, uh, you know, there's a reason why Kieran Trippier is over 50% owned in the game now. And he, he looks like fantastic value and someone who is on free kicks as well, who can score a mean free kick. So I'm happy with, with the Newcastle players that I have. Uh, I've been sort of thinking about maybe dropping Nick Pope. If he, you know, if, if he carries on conceding one goal here and there, then maybe it's something I'll have to address, but certainly not right now because I do have other fires in my team that I sort of need to put out. Ain't that right? Ain't that right? And in other sort of like news, I guess Man City continues to dominate. Arsenal continues to sort of be plucky underdogs. Spurs continue to get points, and I'm not really sure how. They're sort of higher in the table than you'd expect them to be, but they're sort of in no man's land. A bit like Chelsea, actually, last season. Um, and everyone else is sort of looking kind of the same. Like Aston Villa need to sack Gerrard. He's doing a very poor job of implementing any sort of style there at the club. Leicester are still struggling, even though they look like they're going to win. They obviously lost 2-1 to Bournemouth. It's a <laughs> very touch and go. 
if you want to talk about struggling managers, obviously, you know, Wolves have sacked their manager, haven't they? Wolves are part of company with Bruno Larg. And, uh, you know, there was uh, rumours of, I think, uh, Lopetegui taking over, but I think he's turned down the role due to sort of family stuff in, in Spain. So I don't think Julian Lopetegui is going to be taking over there. No doubt it's going to be someone who has good Portuguese connections with the way that that club has sort of been run over the last couple of years. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, Diego Costa is obviously there now and, and we're yet to see the best of him. Uh, maybe it's the way that Wolves are playing and maybe a new manager, who knows, could get the best out of him. But yeah, I mean, certainly Wolves are, you know, struggling a bit. I mean, Forrest down at the bottom of the table. Leicester, again, you know, James Madison and that run of fixtures that they have, it was a shoo-in for him to score against Bournemouth. I mean, yes, I know it's away from home, but what did he come away with? Got a yellow cards and uh, yeah, only got us one point. So it is what it is. I mean, on on paper, he's a fantastic asset to own. He's on set pieces as well and, and he can score a mean free kick. But yeah, Leicester seemingly struggling at the moment and, you know, to find themselves three, plays, well, three points from safety uh, and uh, have a game against Crystal Palace this weekend, which will be a very, very interesting one to watch, I think. You know, the likes of Zaha going up against, the likes of Madison as well. So, you know, those sort of two iconic club players uh, for their respective teams going head-to-head. It will be interesting to see who comes out on top. I don't think anyone comes out on top, Jack. I think everyone's a loser. If, if you could get two teams that might lose a game at the same time, I think that's your best bet for it. We're going to move on, Jack. I don't really want to do this because every time we do this, it seems to get worse and worse for me. I want to talk about punty picks. Oh, it's just a disaster. Like, I, I know I had Madison in my team, but you picked him for your punty pick uh, two game weeks ago. It's the score that mattered. And um, Madison absolutely obliterated Harrison, further proving that if we were doing this by score scored or points scored instead of just rounds won, you would be about 100 points ahead of me and it'd be a disaster. Um, as it stands, I think you're now 5-1 up in the series. Do you want to gloat? Do you want to talk about that? Ah, it is what it is. I mean, it is what it is. It's too easy for him. You're welcome, mate. Because if you remember the last time we recorded, I was sort of talking about some of the Leeds assets, and you're welcome because if I would have picked Harrison, then you would have picked someone like Sinistera or, or Aronson. You would have, I think, you would have beaten me. Yeah, so you're you're not welcome at all. <laughs> Bit of a disaster, actually. I, I don't know what I'm going to do this week. Have you had any thoughts as to as to your punty pick yet? Not really. If I'm being completely honest. Um, oh, mate. There's some really good options out there, I think, at the moment. I know that there are. Um, but it is all just about trying to find someone who falls into the category of a punty pick. Of course, less than 8 million and, and less than 10% ownership. So, I mean, if you've got someone in mind, mate, that you want to throw out there, then then go for it. But I'm uh, sort of still struggling at the moment. Well, oh, I bet. I'm ready to go. I've got some hot stuff for you here, Jack. Um, well, I don't know if I'm going to call it hot stuff much longer, though. And uh, I figured a broken clock can't be right or wrong and sticks to the wall, something like that. I can't remember. What was it? A broken clock is uh, a broken clock is correct twice a day. Throw enough shit at the wall, some of it will stick. I'm combining the two phrases. I've thrown my broken clocks at the floor. I'm picking or the wall. I'm picking Harrison. I'm just going again, Jack. I'm, I'm going to say that I think Leeds always play quite well against Arsenal. Um, I remember there was an FA Cup game. Uh, very tight back when Leeds were in the championship um, and since they've been up they sort of go up for like these games where they could they could put a few past them it's sort of like playing Man City light for Leeds and you know they've done well against Man City before I'm betting money that this is the time they do well they've had a couple of bad games they're looking to bounce back Harrison has looked really good 
and he's involved in in the play just really well. Like he's involved in expected assists for the team and expected goals for the team. I don't know. Like I just I'm just feeling it, Jack, and I know that it's coming, and I've just got to keep picking him until it comes through. So I'm just going Harrison. I'm just saying Harrison leads surprise result against Arsenal. What are you doing? Fair enough. I, I respect that. I respect that. Um, I've had a bit of time to think on it. And uh, I'm going for a Chelsea player, actually. Oh, crumbs. I'm going to go for Mason Mount. 7.6 million, 4% ownership. And he's got Aston Villa away from home. Aston Villa, who haven't been great defensively. I mean, you know, a couple of seasons ago, when Emmy Martinez burst onto the scene, everyone was scrambling to try and get him into their teams. And so far this season, I mean, for whatever reason, it's just not working out for them defensively. And, you know, they do have enough talent there to get clean sheets and keep clean sheets and yes you know okay so they kept a clean sheet against Southampton and Leeds but those are games that you expect them to keep a clean sheet in and uh, yeah I just think that Chelsea with the way that they've been playing under Graham Potter and certainly Mason Mount looks like the most nailed on player in that side and yeah he's just been on fire as well in terms of picking up assists and stuff so you know what I'm going for Mason Mount and uh, maybe this is sort of a pick where I'm keeping half an eye on a player that potentially might make it into my team. Um, you know, their run of fixtures up into the World Cup looks good. They've got City and Liverpool not not long after in the new year. But then after that as well, they've got a decent run of fixtures. So, yeah, I reckon Mason Mount at 4% ownership. He could be on the score sheet this weekend. Yeah, I'm feeling you, dude. I think that Mason Mount... Look, he seems to be running the show a bit more under Potter. Now that he's got direction... And a manager who cares more about people, I, it could work out. It could work out really well for you. I um, I do think it's funny though that on the flip side of that, they're playing Aston Villa, and in the games that I've seen, it looks like Aston Villa are time wasting from like minute one. So it could be that you're actually just backing Mason Mount for like what ends up being like sixty minutes of actual football and thirty minutes of time wasting, um, which is great for your clean sheets if you've got Chelsea defenders that actually start games. Not as hot for your attacking assets who only get a. Uh, who get less time to score, you know? Yeah, I mean, he only needs to score three to beat Harrison anyway. <laughs> so it's probably going to be all right. We touched on that. I like that there's there's a couple of other, like, really quite interesting fixtures this weekend. I know that there's the obvious one that we'll talk about almost last. No, let's not save the good one. There's Liverpool play Man City. We'll talk about that in a bit. It's obviously a key game, especially given Liverpool's sort of form and how it went when they played last time at the... Um, Super Duper Shield final, Charity Shield final, Super Duper Shield. There's a fixture that I love because it's really boring, which is Spurs v Everton, but we're all looking to see if A, Harry Kane pops, and B, ultimately, if there's any other defenders that we can pick based on the fact that James might be injured, Trent Alexander-Arnold is definitely injured. Um, There could be some Spurs defenders that we're maybe looking to get in. Again, talk about that in a second. And Fulham versus Bournemouth, which is the battle of like two really rubbish teams, dude. Let's see if Solanke can pop off. Yeah, you're here for that. You took the words out of my mouth, mate. I mean, honestly, as a Mitrovic and Solanke owner, I mean, I'm hoping, of course, Mitrovic is back. I think the news from the Fulham camp was that he would be back for the Bournemouth game. And I think that, you know, just taking that extra bit of precaution to get him fresh and ready for this Bournemouth game. And I think it will be fantastic. Um, You know, obviously both teams or two teams who know each other very well from last season as well, uh, played out some fantastic games last season, in fact, in the Championship. And yeah, I'm looking looking forward to seeing who will win the battle of the strikers in my team, Mitrovic 
or Solanke. I've got half an eye on the United versus Newcastle game because I think that that could be a very tasty affair as well. I mean, United haven't been the best defensively throughout the course of the season. And Newcastle are sort of, as you mentioned earlier, that team that are sort of flying under the radar, just going about their business and uh, picking up points here and there. And, you know, I think they find themselves, what, sixth in the league table at the moment, just behind Manchester United. So, you know, it's going to be a fantastic game, I reckon, down at Old Trafford. Looking forward to that one. And, of course, yeah, the big game to end the weekend. Liverpool hosting Manchester City. Liverpool going through a bit of a rough patch, as we talked about earlier. They do have some injuries as well, namely the likes of Trent and Luis Diaz. Honestly, with the way that City are playing at the moment, I can't see anything other than a Manchester City win. I can honestly also see Haaland bullying the hell out of the likes of Virgil van Dijk. Um, I think that that's going to be a very interesting battle to keep an eye on as well, just because, you know, two quite physical players, um, and we'll have to see who comes out on top there. But honestly, I mean... In seasons past, you know, if any team could stop Haaland from doing anything in a game, then it would be the likes of Liverpool. But with the way that he's playing, he was rested in the Champions League yesterday. You know, he's going to be fully fresh and raring to go against Liverpool. And I'm here for it. I'm here for Haaland to absolutely smack Liverpool's defenders left, right and centre. So, yeah, that's my prediction and the way that they're playing at the moment. I can't see anything else. I feel you. I feel you. I, I think Liverpool are... I don't think it's a fluke that they're doing so poorly. I really do think that they've lost a lot of the energy, the passion, the drive, whatever it is, the fitness. I don't know, but they've lost, they've all lost something collectively as a team. And I think that's very hard to fix. Klopp even sort of in the media seems to have lost his mind. So I agree. As a result of all that, I'm captaining Haaland this week. And I assume you are too. It probably isn't even like up for... Debate again. Don't get fancy. Always Captain Harland, am I right? Bet against him at your peril, really, is is all I have to say on that. I mean, you know, last or last game week uh, against Southampton, obviously, single game week. And, you know, we tend to see ownerships go above 200% when people are triple captaining in a double game week. But Harland's ownership, certainly for the top 100k Last week against Southampton, Southampton, you know, a team who just loved to concede nine goals and it being at the Etihad, I think we were maybe a bit surprised that they only uh, conceded four. But Haaland managed to tip over 200% ownership in a single game week and it essentially meant, I think even at my rank, he was like 198% ownership. So essentially, if he did anything, you weren't really gaining anything, but at the same time, captaining him, you're not losing any points to him so yes okay it's maybe a bit more fun to play FPL by uh, you know captaining a differential player in a favourable fixture but certainly I mean yeah okay Liverpool on paper isn't a favourable fixture for for Man City and, and Haaland but just the way that the guy's been playing Man City have finally found a player who can get on to the end of balls that this time last season would be going out for, for a goal kick. So for me, it's, it's got to be Haaland. Maybe I'll think about it. Maybe I'll uh, peruse the fixtures a bit more and, you know, maybe it might find its way onto a different player. But I think at the moment, 99% certain it's going to be on the Haaland. Yeah, same for me, dude. It's a no-brainer. I love him. And um, I guess we can talk about transfers. I'm actually in the middle of, like, really having issues. Um, I had two transfers this week. I rolled my one, my transfer in the week that we didn't record. 
happy with my team. Trent Alexander-Arnold, he's in my team. He's been injured. He's out for two weeks. And I think it's sort of the perfect time to move him off because he was performing quite poorly. And I didn't really want to hang on to any of my Liverpool assets anyway. I made a quite hasty move. And I think I've dropped him down to Kukurea, who I'm scared won't even start games. It's a bit of um, it's an ambitious punt. But I've seen Chilwell starting in the Champions League and Kukurea starting in the league. And I thought, yeah, maybe that's a pattern. Maybe that's something that can happen. So... A bit punty for me. I've still got a transfer left. I've not done anything with it. I've got four players who blank next game week. So I'm sort of thinking about having to move them out. I've got James, who is maybe injured at the moment. It's hard to tell. And a bench that have all got injured as well. So Bailey's injured and he might play. Uh, but Patterson is, is out until sort of the end of October. So I'm really struggling to set up for the next week the, or the week after this week, the, the blank game week. I'm not making the best of my transfers having to deal with injured players and sort of hoping that James is fit and that I can hold this transfer so that next week I can maybe sell Jesus because I've got the least value in him and change like Patterson to a defender that will play. Like it's, it's a tough gig at the moment for me and uh, I'm holding my transfers as best I can, but I'm sort of making really rushed and sort of almost silly moves. How are you doing, Jack? I, I know that your Solanke pick is probably paying off enough that you're going to keep him. Have you still got Trent or have you moved him on? Oh, I mate, I didn't I haven't had Trent. Trent was out of my team. Really? On the on, on the wild card, mate. I haven't had him for for the last couple of weeks. So what are you doing then? What are your moves? You know, in a similar position to you, I've got four players who obviously blank in game week twelve. So I've got Cancelo De Bruyne, Haaland and Martinelli. I know instead of De Bruyne you've got you've got Gabriel Jesus. We we all own Arsenal and Man City assets at the moment because they're the two best teams so far this season in the league. So I think that rushing to get rid of them and replace them with players who are going to be playing in game week 12 is a bit of a, or yeah, it's going to be a bit of a silly thing to do because you know, you're only going to want to have them back in your team sooner rather than later after they uh, come into game week 13. So I am sort of questioning or, or toying with the idea of moving KDB on potentially not this game week, because I do think that there are returns for him in that game against Liverpool. But certainly going into game week 12, I think he might be the, the one player of those four that might have to make way, because I think that, you know, I've, although I didn't get on Martinelli that early, I still do have some value tied up in him. I mean, having said that, I st still do have value tied up in KDB as well. But, I mean, Haaland's not leaving the team, Cancelo's not leaving the team, and, yeah, I'd, I'd much rather downgrade De Bruyne than get rid of Martinelli and then try to bring him back in. So, yeah, I mean, at the moment I've made no transfers. I do have two free transfers because, you know, after after getting 91 points, uh, I didn't think that there was much point in making transfers going into last week. So I do have two free, which is fantastic. I'm hoping to hear that Mitrovic is back and fit. Um, he is still currently flagged in FPL, as is Reese James, as you alluded to. The only sort of fawn in my side, as it were, is I've just got Jack Colback, 4.3 million in my midfield, and he is flagged and he's not going to be back. I don't know. I mean, who cares when he comes back? I mean, he's only there because he was one of the cheapest midfielders in the game. That would allow me to do other stuff with my team. So, I mean, I'm looking at it on paper and potentially I upgrade Colback to maybe someone like Zaha, maybe someone like Bowen. Yeah, Harrison, it's a good idea. Harrison, yeah. I mean, maybe. I mean, who who knows, mate? I mean, the idea being that at the moment, the, the premium midfielder that I want is KDB. 
and I have him, and I'm talking about dropping him, but also at the same time, I'm probably going to be wanting to try and get him back in immediately after game week 12. So sort of looking at it now and, and thinking to myself that, yeah, maybe I drop him next week going into game week 12, but ensure that I have enough funds that I can quite easily get him back in. Yeah, I'm enjoying Kane as my as my second premium at the moment, you know. Well, this is it. In any other season, I would not have any issue dropping KDB down to Son. But certainly on the face of it this season, Son's not hit the heights that he has done over the last couple of years. So I'd be maybe a bit more tentative to, to make that move going into game week 12, especially when you consider the fact that I think Spurs play Manchester United in game week 12 as well. Well, you remember the 6-2, right? I mean, yeah, of course. Of course I do. But I'll have to sleep on that decision because I do sort of want to keep funds in my midfield and, and I want to have a premium midfield asset in my team. Although in the back of my head, I'm thinking, you know what? Having Kane in my side and then maybe trying to figure out a way to squeeze KDB back into the team as well at some point later down the line and going with those three premium assets might be the way to go. But I'm going to have to sleep on that. I've not made any changes. I think Colbacks is certainly a player that I'm going to have to sort out in my team. And then, yeah, Reese James, I'm, I mean, I'm hoping that he's going to be back and fit for this weekend. I think we'll find out maybe a bit more news closer to the deadline, which is, of course, this Friday, so in a couple of days' time, actually. But, yeah, I mean, Solanke... I don't know, Solanke against Fulham, I, I think I just need to hold him. Maybe he pops up with a goal. You know, he's not been on absolutely barnstorming form and God knows why I've got him in my team. I think mainly because he's only 5.7 million or 5.6 million when I bought him. But yeah, aside from that, that's, that's, that's just sort of the thoughts that I've, I'm having in my head. I'm toying with the idea of dropping the likes of Ivan Perisic. I know he obviously had a rest last week. Um, he might feature in the Champions League later on this evening. He's been being used a bit more piecewise by the likes of Antonio Conte so far, and I think that he understands Perisic's limits in terms of you know him being over 30 years old and not really perhaps having that match fitness that he wants in his, in, in his starting eleven. So I'm toying with that idea, but at the moment it's not really an issue for me because there are other areas of the team that I want to try and figure out mate i sort of love your position you've got you you look strong going in i have 3.2 million in the bank and i just don't know what to do with it yeah mate you know if you i think i've got about similar but if you hit if you hit this this sweet like if it if it did pay off if you went kdb down to son and son just got a hat-trick against united because we all know he's a capable footballer and we all know he's going to do it at some point again <laughs> funny you could be a genius and you could rise up the ranks so easily with that sort of differential captain son on a week where you literally can't captain Haaland. So the points will be huge and the swings will be massive. Although it's risky. It's like super risky. And I don't know if you need to take those risks. Um, I sort of almost want to coach you into it next week because at the moment, obviously, you don't have to worry about it. Uh, we'll see how Spurs do this week against against Everton at home, which, again, is a fixture I think is usually quite boring. And maybe you'll be talking son up a bit more next week. Who knows? Mate, I, I don't even know, so I don't know why you're asking me. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, well, we'll come in next time. Hopefully, I've uh, caught up a bit. Harrison has to score eventually, Jack. Yeah, but he's not in your team. <laughs> yeah, but he's in my punty picks, man, which is actually what I, I care about that. Right, so catch us next week.